0: This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show.
1: They couldn't believe I didn't watch The Office. I've never seen The Office. Don't know about The Office. (laughs)
0: Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com.
2: Zings it for the end zone! Caught by Kelsey! On a slant! Touchdown, Kansas
0: City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Chase Kinneman a three for the tie! Off the bench! One is good! Chase it in! Off the buzzer, and we've got overtime! Everything happening in the sports world.
2: As you know, Monty Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches. The Eliminator and the Humiliator to complement his fastball, the Terminator.
0: And even some things not happening in the sports world.
1: I fear the Reaper today. Yeah, because I I feel, I just feel like death warmed over today. I really do.
0: Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell.
2: Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE or for those of you listening online, worldwide, midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most rested and the most popular man in McPherson and the best bracket in McPherson, (laughs) Mr. Steve Sell. Steve had maybe the greatest bracket of all time this week. Have you soaked it in? Have you been walking around with your chest puffed up?
1: No. Why not? Because uh, I've been so bad in the past. You got to be humble, you know, when you do well, you know, you just can't go around beating yourself on the chest and say, "Hey, look at me, look at me."
2: Well, Steve got 15 of the 16 teams in the Sweet 16, and this is the guy who pledges all the time that he's no expert. He doesn't know anything. I
1: don't. People
2: tell him all the time, you're a bum, you don't know what you're doing. You stink, you're snarky. He's going back to Independence today, and they're going to laugh him out of town. They're going to say, what are you doing back here? (laughs) Normally your brackets are so bad, you got to get out of here. But this week, Steve can walk around his old stomping grounds and say, I am the king. Does it feel good? I am the
1: king today.
2: Now the thing is, Steve, in our According to Jim Bracket Challenge, if you win then that means you get to host a show.
1: Oh, I can't do that.
2: You get, Or maybe that means you get the day off. I think I'd go for the day off. You want the day off if yeah, you win? Yeah. So now that means you have, I have to ride you have, solo. You
1: need to clarify, though, I did miss some first-round games. You did miss some first-round games, but that's state. not important. Yeah, no one really cares. It's, it's who makes the sweet 16, the elite eight, and the final four. It really matters. What a great
2: weekend of college basketball, though, Steve. I know that it wasn't the weekend full of crazy upsets and – unbelievable overtime finishes. But this was a really solid weekend of basketball. And I know that there are people that are saying, well, we didn't get all the upsets. There weren't 12, 13 seeds that won. There wasn't all the madness. But I think this is what's going to set up for what will be a really good Sweet 16 and a really good Elite 8 because there are so many teams left. Let's face it, the only four seeds that didn't make it we're KU and K-State. So right. when you have all these 1s, 2s, 3s, and 4s, then you throw in the 12 Oregon and the 5 Auburn, this is going to be maybe one of the most competitive Sweet 16s so we can
1: remember. And that's why my bracket is pretty good. Because because Steve is Mr. Chalk. Yeah, He's Mr. walking around yeah. like he was just playing a game of yeah, pool, and, Chalk on his hands. And, and, and I knew with K-State, with no Dean Wade, they weren't going to make it. I knew KU, just because they're KU this year, weren't going to make it, and what an, boy, what a terrible game for KU on Saturday. I mean, uh, that game was over so fast that uh, I think people were changing the channels 10 minutes into the game. It was just, you know, you could almost see this coming because KU played so well on Thursday, but let's face it, Northeastern wasn't one of the best 68 teams in the country, but they got in. But KU, you know, hit a bunch of threes, played great defense, but you could almost see this coming. And Bill Self is really going to have to look now, you know, at his recruiting process. They've got to get more athletic. They've got to find some shooters. I mean, they didn't guard the three-point shooters. They didn't make three-pointers. And boy, the difference in athleticism between Auburn and KU was just, it was striking. I mean, it was just striking. KU just got out-athleted at every position. And of course, I know KU fans. You know, I'm, I'm a KU alum. I'm a KU fan. They can point to you know, if Dope doesn't get hurt, if LeGerald doesn't quit, if uh, DeSosa is eligible, it's a different year. But you got to, you know, you you play the cards you're dealt. And they still had a pretty good team, but they just weren't athletic enough. And Auburn, I guarantee you, who is it they play now? Carolina. They'll play Carolina. I guarantee you, they won't be able to throw it in the ocean against Carolina. Carolina will stop their three-point shooting and Carolina will beat Auburn.
2: I want to talk a little bit more about KU and K State in their weekends individually a little bit later, but I wanted to talk about the tournament broadly here. And maybe one of the biggest takeaways that I had from this week, and this is something that I had been saying all year long, is I think the Big 12 is a long ways away from the Big 10, the ACC, and the SEC. And I'm not a person, and I've said it on here before, that I'm not a person that 100% grades what I think of a conference based off of the NCAA tournament because a lot of it comes down to matchups and a lot of it comes down to a little bit of luck, who you play, where you play, when you play. But when I watched the four teams in the SEC this week and a little bit of last week in the conference tournament, four best teams in the SEC being Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, I think either of those four teams would have won the Big 12. Easily. When I look at the ACC, when you throw in Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Florida State, even when you get down there into that Virginia Tech and Florida State category, I think any of
1: those teams would have been the best team in in the Big 12 this year. Yeah. am Am I far off there? No, we've been saying all year, this is a down year for the Big 12. That's why it was so surprising that KU did not, you would think of all the schools that could win in a down year, it would be KU could win it. But KU, of course, finished third. Texas Tech is the only Big 12 team still alive. K-State, their chances uh, were ended when Dean Wade got hurt. Uh, They just didn't have enough firepower. Um, I was surprised they got beaten the first round, to be honest with you. But uh, it's just a down year for, for the Big 12. And really, Oklahoma looked pretty good the first game, and then You know, they got knocked out. Baylor, you know, played well early, got knocked out. KU, K-State. So, it's just, it's a down year. And Big 12 has got to look at itself. They are really far behind the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten. And to some extent, even the Pac-12, you know.
2: I don't think they're behind the Pac-12.
1: I think the Pac-12 has about two good, three good teams, maybe.
2: Well, they had three teams make it. One of them was the last team in, in the... Play-in games. Arizona State. One of them was Oregon, who was the 12 seed after barely winning the conference tournament, and then the other one was Washington, who beat Utah State. I think Washington was the eight or the nine seed. They were the nine seed. The Pac-12 is in its own bad well, I boat Oregon. out there. I, I,
1: I still had Oregon in my bracket making it to the Sweet 16, and they were a 12 seed. I well, just, because
2: they had a really easy draw. I just,
1: I just felt like, you know, they played really well in their tournament. And Dane Altman's team has been there. It wasn't that long when ago when they played KU and and beat KU and what was it, the semifinals, I believe. It, it was the Elite Eight. The Elite Eight. That's what it was, yeah.
2: So, Steve, what are some of the things that you took away from this weekend in terms of just watching all these different brands of basketball? I know that you've watched a lot of Big Twelve. You've watched a lot of KU and K-State. What were some of the things that you took away from this weekend while watching all the other teams?
1: I think the number one thing is Duke is more beatable than I thought. I mean, let's face it. Duke should have lost yesterday.
2: Yeah. Uh What a great game.
1: Yeah, you know, a couple tip-ins there at the buzzer were or a couple shots at the buzzer came up just short and uh man, you know, UCF, it's not like they're a powerhouse and Duke shows if if Zion's not great, you know, they're in trouble. There's some teams, you know, there's some team t- to me, I was really impressed with Kentucky. I was impressed with Carolina. Uh, Tennessee, other than blowing the big lead, I still like Tennessee. I've got Tennessee in my Final Four. Michigan State, you know, Izzo's got, they're just so tough. I think Michigan State could really give Duke some problems. I think that
2: bracket in general has four really tough teams. And I know that everybody is riding Duke all the way to the National Championship game. And the According to Jim bracket pretty much has every team, every entry, picking Duke to at least make the Finals. Virginia Tech is a team that will not be afraid of Duke. Then if they do come out of there, you've got an LSU team who is extremely good, extremely physical, very fast, then a Michigan State team that has played so well. I think that bracket could be any of those four teams making it to the Final Four. While on the top side, I picked Tennessee to play Virginia in the Elite Eight at the beginning of this, and that's the way I see this playing out again. And I do see Tennessee as a really good team. Remember, this is not like Tennessee came on late at the end of the year and finished finished as a two-seed. They've been good all year. They've been really good all year. And you could see that over the weekend with players like Grant Williams. And it was really fun to me this weekend, Steve, to see all of these really good teams, for the most part, be pushed. Mm -hmm. Now, North Carolina wasn't really pushed in either of their games, but you saw that push against Duke you saw that push against Tennessee Oklahoma played okay against Virginia when I look at the other ones Kentucky they were very much pushed by Wofford and Wofford with Fletcher McGee who I think was 0 for 20 from three against KU in Kentucky this year I think he was after shooting the lights out against Seton Hall Michigan was pushed a little bit by Florida then it was fun to watch these teams get pushed a little bit and that's why I see when we get into this Sweet 16 starting on Thursday and Friday that I think there are going to be some unbelievable games throughout this week.
1: Well, you don't have – you really don't have a Cinderella team. No. When you look at it, it's pretty much, you know, right down the form. Uh, the one bracket uh, – the one Gonzaga's in, the West, to me looks like it's about the weakest. Uh, Florida's still alive, and I had Florida. Texas Tech – very good, but what do you mean Florida still alive? or Florida, Florida State. State? I'm okay. sorry, Florida State and you know, Texas Tech looked okay. Uh, Michigan, yeah, you know, not bad. So, I mean, I think they're it, not
2: an overwhelming basketball no, power, no. No, but they're but, good. But I, you know, the
1: game, I, the ones I'm really, I think North Carolina, Kentucky, and the Elite Eight could be. I think really, the
2: entire Midwest region is going to be really, really good.
1: Yeah, that was just a really, really tough. That's that's where I had my only miss. I, uh, Houston is. In the Sweet 16, I did not have Houston. I actually had Iowa State beating Houston. Bad showing for the Cyclones. Bad showing for the Cyclones. Your buddy Eli couldn't have been happy.
2: You should have seen those Cyclone fans at Kelly's in Westport last weekend after they won the Big 12 tournament. They're wearing their red. They're chanting in the streets. They're saying, this is our year. We're winning it all. And, then and they're splat. losing the first round to Ohio State. Yeah. it's It was not a good week for the Big 12 in terms of, the conference tournament champion falling in the opening round to an 11 seed, or the conference regular season champion or a team that tied for at K-State, losing to Cal Irvine. And like I said, I'm not a person that solely bases what a conference is worth based off of who makes a Sweet 16. And the round that I think I typically like to judge it more off of, is the Elite Eight. Right. There are a lot of people that like to strictly go Final Four. Yeah. But I think the Elite Eight is, is a much better representation of that. But I just got the overwhelming sense that the Big 12 is not in the same league no. as some of these other conferences. Now, the point that a lot of people like to make is the Big 12, 1 through 10, is maybe more competitive and more balanced than some of these other ones where the teams at the bottom of the SEC are the scum of the earth like Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. Yeah. that some of these teams are not very good. Yeah. Or in the ACC, some of those teams at the very bottom aren't that great. I
1: couldn't even tell you every team in the ACC because there's so many of there's them. There's like 28 yeah. teams in the, yeah. in the yeah. ACC. It's crazy.
2: But I think that's maybe the most overwhelming thing that I took away from this week is that the Big 12 has got some catching up to do. And last year, I thought the Big 12 was really solid. And a part of that was that every team... Had the big feature name. Right. Every one of those good six or seven teams, you had the Trey Young. You had the KU with Devontae Graham, and the years before that, the Frank Masons. You looked at Iowa State, and they always have really good players. K State. You look at Texas and Texas Tech and TCU and Baylor. Yeah. And you just didn't have
1: that this year with the Big 12. It was a down year. It really was. And the thing is, you look at the Big 12 in the non conference, they were all like 11-1, and and 12-0, 10-2, but then they get into the Big 12 and they kind of knock each other off, and they all end up with about 19 or 20 wins except for KU and K-State and Texas Tech.
2: How did you watch the tournament this week? Did you go out and watch it at a big bar and and, and pop your feet up at at Applebee's and hang out,
1: or what'd you do? Right on the old couch, right in front of the big screen. So that's
2: just where you normally watch? That's right. So how would you do it on those first two days when there were so many games going on at the same time?
1: Got a real good flipper.
2: That's what you would do? You didn't set up the I, the laptop I, uh, down I didn't, there? I
1: didn't. I, I picked the games that most interested me and followed those, and then during a commercial break, I'd flip over to the other ones.
2: I was at the Brown Basement. I've told you about it before. Oh, yeah. And it was a killer weekend. Oh, I'm sure. They had a fridge full of all sorts of drinks. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Okay. It was a great weekend full of brats. Hamburgers. There you go. I'm still full. There you go. I ate a big lunch on Friday and I'm still processing it. It was <laughs> it was that big. It was it was a great weekend there. I wasn't there to watch the KU game. I was bouncing around. I went to one of my friends' gender reveal parties. Oh wonderful. Well, it wasn't it was for him. It was boy, for, boy or girl. It was for their upcoming baby, boy or girl. Boy, boy. Oh, it was a thriller. Oh, boy. It was a thriller. Then okay. I went to an engagement party. There you go. I was a social man all night on Saturday, so I didn't get to watch Ku there. But I would imagine it would have well, been I a, a gloomy down right environment
1: in, right in front of the TV on Saturday. It was because it was not nice here. It was cold. It was, uh, you know. A little bit of rain, just nip in the air. Just wasn't a very good day. A little nip in the Kinda air. Kind of like yesterday, yesterday wasn't very good I played golf yesterday. and You did? Yes. Wow. And it, and it was not a great day to play.
2: All right, Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about KU and K-State with their two performances this week, with the Cats losing to Cal Irvine in their opener on Friday and then KU losing in the Sweet 16 to Auburn on Saturday night. We'll do that next. you are listen to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or online at midkansasonline.com.
2: Back on this afternoon, according to Jim, 96.7 FM, KDBE, Jim Joiners, Steve Sell. Steve, it's good to be back. Did you miss me?
1: Oh, yeah. It was much quieter around here. Casey. Casey. Does, that, does that mean I was just too loud? No, 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 no. But, uh, you know, when... We don't. We have so few of people that work here. When That's one, true. When one person's gone, it just, it, you can. It's very noticeable. Like you, you feel the I'm, presence. I'm, I'll be gone the rest of the day after we tape this, and I don't know how noticeable that'll be, but probably won't be.
2: But we just won't hear you back there screaming and talking on the phone and and, and <laughs> calling up all your people. <laughs> Steve, I wanted to talk a little bit about KU and K State and their showings in the NCAA tournament this weekend. I know for K State fans, this was certainly a disappointment in an ending to a great season, an ending to their senior class, which I I know that this is not the way that they wanted it to go. But losing to Cal Irvine, who, whenever I saw their draw, I thought, this is not going to be easy for K-State. And there were moments in the first half of that game where I thought they were just about to pull away. They got up by 10 or 12 points. It looked like they were one or two more shots away from getting this game into the 15-18 to range and just be too much for Cal Irvine to overcome. But they let the anteaters hang around. It was tied up at half. And I don't know about you, Steve, but I got the impression that Cal Irvine was just better. I know they were better on that day on Friday, but I thought Cal Irvine was just a better team without a player like Dean Wade. With him, I I think this would have been a much different game, but I thought Cal Irvine was just better.
1: Well, K-State is pretty limited anyway. I mean, their starting five pretty much does everything uh other than Cartier Jada. You know, he comes off the bench. But, but he started to, that game. Well, yeah, yeah, he had to start. I was just going to say, he had to start that game, which basically gave them nothing, n- absolutely nothing off the bench. Uh Levi Stockard, the human foul, you know, they just... He had a whopping two points. They kind of gave up on him toward the end of the year. Uh Trice, Austin, I think it was Austin Trice... He was supposed to be their big-time recruit this year. He hardly even ever got on the floor. McGurl, you know, at times he was okay. But, you know, this was a team that lived and died by its starting five and was basically its starting four since there was no Dean Wade. The big thing that everybody
2: will point back to with this game and with this K-State team was no Dean Wade throughout the Big 12 tournament, the NCAA tournament, and the Barry Brown foul situation with Bruce Weber, because Barry Brown picked up two fouls in the first half, not just the first half, but like the first five minutes of that game against Cal Irvine, and everybody was very hard on Bruce Weber saying, how could you leave Barry Brown on the bench for 15 minutes in the first half when you're in a close game? And I heard him say that if they would have fallen behind, they were going to bring him back in. But at the time, they were up by 10 or 12. Like I was saying, they had this comfortable lead, and then it slipped away right before half. And I know there will be criticism of that. At the time, I didn't think it was a terrible move. But then as I realized while watching that game, K-State had no offense no. with Barry Brown not in the game. And ultimately, that's what I thought
1: killed them. And to me, you've got to trust your senior. He's, you know, He's been a four-year player. He knows how to play. And what's the difference if you pick up Okay, say you get two fouls, you sit down for 15 minutes. You start the second half, and 30 seconds into the second half, you get your third foul. Right. So you might as well go ahead, play him as long as you can in the first half. And if he gets that third foul, he gets a third foul. But, boy, you can't go that long with your best player on the bench. And I thought
2: ultimately with them not having any offense, and plus I thought they just did not run the right plays throughout the most important stretches of the second half, I thought they were taking bad shots. I thought they were having the wrong people take shots. McGurl took way too many shots for K-State. At the end of that game, Barry Brown didn't take enough. There were a couple of really bad turnovers, and it was just a shame for this K-State team that had been so solid all year to all of a sudden not be able to defend and not be able to make anything.
1: Well, what's scary is, they played without Dean Wade. Just think next year when there's no Dean Wade, no Barry Brown, and no Kamal Stokes. It'll make things very, Bruce Weber, v- very thin. Bruce Weber is going to have to have an absolute monster offseason, or this K-State team is going to fall well back into the pack. So K-State loses their first game, and
2: Steve, I I, I thought they'd lose. Yeah. I, I I thought Dean Wade would be a little too much to overcome with, without having him. Well, I had him. them
1: winning that one and then losing to Oregon. That was... What I had in my bracket, but I
2: knew this Cal Irvine team was going to be pretty good. Anybody that is thirty and four coming into the tournament, they know how to win. That's a good team. Yeah, you know, similar how to, to win. Wofford, where yeah. they were coming in on a twenty-game winning streak, and when when you win that much, you have this confidence to you. And for a very good K State team, they end their year losing back-to-back games, which seems crazy. I don't know if they lost back-to-back games besides any time, besides that beginning of the conference no play. I, I
1: i think they squeezed about as much as they could out of that team they won the big 12 or shared the big 12 championship uh you know they had a nice win over ku in manhattan um the only thing they didn't do was sweep K, ku they had a chance this year to sweep ku didn't do it but i think all in all you know it, it's interesting to me too bruce weber still has a hard time getting respect in manhattan you just get the feeling you know they're they're excited they've done what they've done, but they're like, man, if we just had somebody else, you know, I just don't think he gets the uh, he gets the credit he probably deserves. I was thinking
2: about it the other day with just running through the names of really good college basketball coaches that not only were at K-State but are still coaching and are still having success. Dana Altman. Sweet 16 with Mm -hmm. Oregon. Mm -hmm. Lon Kruger won a tournament game this past week. Frank Martin, of course, went to a Final Four. You've got Bob Huggins, who had a bad team this year, but I would imagine will be back at West Virginia. It's very strange the way the K-State coaching tree the last few years has branched out and continued to be successful because this is a big-time program. Yeah. And whenever you get coaches that are fired or leave there, they typically don't go that much higher. I mean, you can't go to much better of a program. Yeah. And that's why it's so strange. And Bruce
1: Weber's now won two Big 12 championships. Right. I mean, he shared both of them, but it still counts as a championship. So, you know, K-State fans, I think because he says a lot of kind of kooky things and dumb things sometimes. Interesting guy. Yeah, he just says some stuff that makes you scratch your head. I think that's why K-State fans, you know, have a hard time warming up to him sometimes. Steve,
2: what about your Jayhawks? We talked about them a little bit. They had a nice win over Northeastern in their opening round game, and I didn't think they would have any problems with them. They won 87-53, but Auburn, that's a good team. Yeah, And And KU couldn't do anything. And I didn't
1: pick KU to beat Auburn. I thought the quickness would be the difference. I didn't realize Auburn could shoot it that well. Oh, yeah. And they just lit it up. Well, I knew
2: they shot it that
1: much. And they made KU look like they were just, They're in concrete. They had concrete feet. And KU was like Diedrich Lawson. Basically, his guy went around him and he tried to block everything from behind. And, you know, Diedrich Lawson's an interesting dude. He puts up big numbers. You know, he had, what, 25 and 11? 25 and 10. And three assists. Yeah, but he, but, you know, defensively, he's not good. And it just seems like he's always exhausted to me. It just seems like he doesn't have a lot of energy sometimes, but... He gets a lot of his points and rebounds in garbage time when it doesn't matter. The most fascinating part of that
2: game was not only the way that Auburn rocketed out to a 51-25 halftime lead, but it was the beginning of that second half. When you were were just sitting there going, okay, if they they could put together a little 15-2, 18-4 run, then they can get themselves back into the game. And whatever the game plan was offensively to start the second half, it was perfect. I think well, they, they scored
1: were, 33 points the first 10 minutes.
2: I, I think they made like 12 of their first 14 shots in the second half. <laughs> the problem and didn't was, gain any ground. Yeah, they, they
1: they scored 33 in the first 10 minutes of the second half, but they gave up 30, so they only they <laughs> only picked up three points. So they, you know, they they made a little run at the end. They got it down to you know 15. Cosmetically, it doesn't look so bad. But that was as one side of a game as there was in the NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, it was it was rough for KU. So, Steve, as you look ahead to what's coming back next year, what will be lo- what will be leaving next year? Diedrich Lawson. I'm just going to rattle off
1: some names and where you think they'll be. Diedrich Lawson. Will he be back? No. You think he'll be gone? He has. He has. I didn't know until this weekend. I read a story on him. He's got a. He's got a child, so he needs to start making some money. Quentin Grimes. If, if he goes to the NBA, uh, he'll get laughed out of the league. Well, I know that there are some players, and one of
2: them that comes to my mind, Romeo Langford for Indiana, mm-hmm. who didn't have a, a great year but was such a heralded recruit coming yeah. out of high school, and that they're saying, Romeo, you're you're an NBA guy. Get out of the college system. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance that Quentin Grimes leaves? I don't
1: think so. I think, for one thing, he wouldn't get drafted until late in the second round because, you know, in the NBA, they draft on potential, and somebody— you know, he was the number eight high school player in the country for a reason. I mean, he, you know, he was great in high school. He was the MVP of the of that summer USA festival or whatever it was. that Bill Self coached the team, and he comes out first game of the season, hits 5-3, scores 21 against Michigan State. But the thing is, he's not very explosive. You know, he, doesn't, he just doesn't beat defenders off the dribble. He really struggles to shoot the basketball 55% from the line. He was miserable from three point. He needs to come back just to improve his stock. KJ Lawson, why anyone thinks he is going to go pro? Well, maybe he
2: just leaves. Yeah, is well, what I'm saying. Yeah, because if, if Dijak isn't there,
1: but he's already he's already transferred once. I think he's kind of locked in. So, uh, very strange year for KJ Lawson. The games he was good. He was really good. But he only did it like four times all year <laughs> and he just a lot of games he only played like a minute or two
2: seems like a lot of the comments coming out of coach Bill self and a lot of the ku people is this team is taking its lumps this year and they're so young well he started four freshmen that's and what that, people and have to this remember. group
1: could be really good it's next like David year. McCormick the David McCormick at the end of the year didn't even resemble the one that start of the year he was just not a good player at the start of the year. And by the end of the year, I thought he was pretty good.
2: You've got Devon Dotson. He'll You've got Ojai Baji coming back. Maybe Quentin Grimes. Maybe Dietrich Lawson. Mitch Lightfoot made some really big moves. Maybe not as much Charlie Moore. Marcus Garrett will be good again next year. That but I think Charlie this is Moore, a KU team that will be really good next year.
1: I, I don't know, after watching Charlie Moore, why KU took him. <laughs> I mean, I just never saw him. And, of course, the one guy we haven't talked about, Big Dope. Yeah, that's right. You know, we forget about Big Doke. He they were 9 and 0 in the 9 games he played. And the thing about, you know, the question about him, he can't stay healthy. I mean, he's broken both hands in two in three years he's broken both hands and then he had ankle sprain last year. He has never played a full season. And does he come back just to, you know, play another, you know, to play some games and cuz he it's like he's hardly played in 3 years.
2: All right, Steve, let's take our final break and wrap up today's show after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
2: Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, it's good to be back, good to be getting back Get to in work. Get the swing of things. I sat on my... Rear end for several days in a row, and it's good to be really working with my hands and being up on my feet, you know, in our, in our high-octane life. Oh, yeah. But we get to dive right back into sports this week. We've had three different days of broadcasting. We haven't done that in a long time. Right. With, we've got baseball broadcasts coming up tomorrow as the Bullpups will be taking on Great Bend as well as Junction City in a quad. Then on Thursday, the McPherson Invitational Girls Soccer Tournament. Friday, we'll be able to do that again. It's going to be a busy week.
1: It really is, and if you go to midkansasonline.com, I kind of outline what's coming up on Tuesday. Four of the teams are home Tuesday: baseball, softball, tennis, and soccer. Swimming's on the road. It's going to be a monster uh, day on Tuesday for McPherson High Sports. The drive for your school is uh, going from 4 to 8 at Grant Complex. Get out and, and test drive a car. $20 for each test drive. Goes to the MHS Athletic Department. Bullpup sports are going to be full swing. And just want to say the PDF of the Spring Sports Magazine is posted at Mid Kansas Online. Up. It is on MidKansasOnline.com. The hard copies should be here at the end of the week or the first of next week. But if you want to go ahead and read all the stories and, and see what your favorite teams are going to do, plus all the area schools, uh, the hard copy is up 24 pages. And, of course, the K-Man, Kendall Shaw, with some great photos. And we had some contributing photographers as well.
2: Steve, it's going to be a great week. Yeah, it is. This is a full spring week. Well, this is
1: the first full week of of, of really diving into spring sports. And supposedly the weather by Thursday is supposed to be in the high 70s. Yeah, so I don't have to turn the heat on at McPherson Stadium. What are you going to do? If you get a seventy degree day and can't but you but you can't
2: play any golf. Well, I'll cry.
1: Just, uh, well, actually on Thursday we don't probably won't broadcast till eight o'clock. Oh, look at you. So you, you know Steve. what I'm gonna do. Look at you, Steve. Oh, yeah. I got he's hitting the links. I gotta hit
2: it. He's gonna go get some of those glow up golf balls, those green and yellow and they'll oh, flash no. No. And, and you'll be able to play out there at like seven thirty at night. I don't think eight fifteen. So. I don't think nine forty five. Can you imagine teeing it up at Turkey Creek on hole number one at nine forty five? No. I mean, you know the course. And you don't even—you you could play it blind.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. I think you could just line up and hit it. Well, I, the way I played yesterday, it looked like I played it blind. <laughs> Shot a seventy-nine yesterday. Good grief! <laughs> what well, what a
2: tragic day. <laughs> Wrapping up today's show for Steve Cell. I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: According to Jim, with Jim Joyner and Steve Cell, was brought to you by. Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.